Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking, Andrew Coppins, alongside Mr. Pat Oni. You can follow me at The Coppins Show. You can follow him at The Pat Oni Show. Yesterday we told you it could be a nice day for a red wedding. And um, Pat, I'm pretty sure it's more like a red fizzle as we uh, wake it up is. on Wednesday is, morning, yeah. November 9th, the ninth day in my birthday month. That's about the only positive that's coming out of this, Pat. We, uh, again, with the birthday month, are you are you kidding me? You are going to sit here and talk about your birthday month after the probably one of the most disappointing election nights of all time. So I want to talk about the disappointing part of the election because I'm going to pose a question to you there, Pat. Is okay. it really that disappointing or did we just buy into or were sold a bill of goods? Uh, the most likely uh, situation there is the latter. I, here's... I woke up this morning and I I'm I was glad that I wasn't like too social media last night. I I did get that way after Mike Lee royally handed Evan McMullen's ass to him. You mean Evan McMuffin? Yeah. Um I mean it, it, there's only still like 65% of the vote in and it's he's up 55. Mhm. Um percent. So it just it, I mean he's won. Like like there's there's no chance now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was there was a red wedding here in Utah, but that shouldn't surprise anyone. But I didn't want to say much about what's going on about other races, even though we bo- we both thought, hey, like Senate, we're going to like GOP is going to really take control of the Senate. They're really going to take control of the House. 
but the same in the same breath, I've said the last few weeks, I'm like, I don't trust polls. I don't trust anything but election results, really. And mm-hmm. last night was a validation of that, by the way. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you, Pat. And we're going to get into some of the um, statements that we want to make about this election in a little bit in kind of a bonus truth or fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about some of those, Pat, because I kind of sure. sprung that on you. <laughs> um, Start with me. But in the second half, we'll do a little bonus truth or fiction because that's what we do on every Tuesday. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the show, um, you can do yeah. so on both the Rumble page and um, your favorite podcasting platform, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And of course, um, your favorite podcasting platform, if you subscribe, if you rate, if you review, um, that helps us get seen by more and more people. And thank you to those who are exposing us uh, to more and more people. We appreciate that. Now, I think this show is set up uniquely in the space, not to woe is me and lament and torture ourselves, because the show is critical thinking, Pat. Right. And that's what I want to do. I want to critically think through what took place last night. And I guess my bonus truth or fiction is going to be this, Pat. Truth or fiction, we should be done with polls around elections, period, amen. Anymore? Yeah, probably. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we shouldn't be polling. We, we, there should be no NBC News mayor's polling. There should be no Trafalgar group. None of this. Blah, 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 blah. None of them should exist. Because no. none of them have figured out how to do their job. And this isn't, uh, I'm mad about the, the election is what it is. Okay. It happened. And I'm going to get into a statement here in a little bit. But for me, Pat, Since the 2004 election, every time that we get an election, it's way off. And I look at it from this perspective. How is that possible? How These people are paid political scientists, right? Hmm. These people are supposed to be the bee's knees when it comes to figuring out how to get Americans to poll, right? 2010, they got it wrong. 2012, they got it wrong. 2016, they sure as hell got it wrong. 2018, got it wrong. 2020, got it wrong. Like, in ridiculous fashions, by the way. We And we could highlight some of the crazy state things that happened and like, you know, this state or whatever, um, you know, this, this week we had, um, I think NBC news and Marist tell us that Florida was only going to be plus three or four. Ron DeSantis, last time I checked, um, won by almost 60%. Yeah. He only won by like 30,000 votes in 2018. It was 30 or 50. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. But, but, My point in this, Pat, is it's not even that we can't trust the polls. It's that they're useless. Because they can't figure out how to 
find Americans that are going to give real opinions to them. The MAGA Forever GOP crowd doesn't trust the polls, right? So they're not likely to give you real answers. So how do you account for that? You can't. You have no idea. A great example of this, Pat, is what took place in um, in Arizona, right? We were told that Blake Masters has a massive shot at um, upsetting Mark Kelly for the Senate seat in Arizona, right? We were told that. Right, right. Currently with 67% of the votes in, according to the New York Times, now, again, I don't trust the New York Times, but I do trust that they're getting the data from the right sources in this case right. because it's literally right. coming from the state, okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Mark Kelly is up 52-46. The Democrat, Mark Kelly, up 52-46. And his lead is nearly 100,000 votes. Oh, uh, uh, not looking good. Not looking good. Pennsylvania, right? We can go over there. John Fetterman is a 3% leader right now with 94% of the votes currently in. That, that that was not within the margin of what we thought was going to happen. Most people had Mehmet Oz as a slight underdog or a one to two point favorite. He's going well, to lose by over 150,000 votes. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's already been called for Fetterman too, I believe. Mm. Um, in some cases, yes. And in other cases, not quite. Right? Right. You look I, I, at Wisconsin, right? Ron Johnson was supposed to be in a competitive race, but then we were told it was a totally safe seed. He was going to win by three or four, maybe even five to six percentage points over Mandela Barnes. 95% of that vote is in Ron Johnson, the Republican, up 51-49 with a just under 30,000 vote lead. Say what? My point is that in every case... In every case that we can look at, the polls are not just way off. They're wildly inaccurate. They continue to be so. And they miss everywhere. It's not as if you miss one, maybe two, by a percent or two. So why are we even, number one, caring about the polls? Number two, why are we even allowing this to happen? And what do I mean by that? Because I feel like as we take a look at state by state by state, right? Your state of Utah, you've got early voting, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so do we. So does Pennsylvania. So does almost every other state, right? Right. Do the polls influence those that are early voting, Pat? No. Yes, they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Hell yes, they do. Mm. They depress votes of the candidate who mm. seems to be behind. They inflate the potential for early vote for the candidate that's ahead. So if you are a Mehmet Oz or if you are a Blake Masters or a Lee Zeldin in the governor's race in New York, where early voting is a massive thing. 
or Herschel Walker in Georgia? Not so much Herschel Walker. I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. But if you're some of these types of candidates, right? The early vote hurt you. It really did because you didn't come into massive media coverage or massive thoughts within the electorate of your state, the electorate, right? The population of your state until very near the end, especially in the case of Lee Zeldin, right? We were told over the last week and a half, basically, of his campaign that this could be really close, that Lee Zeldin had a legitimate shot. Now, Lee Zeldin did a great job down on the ground in the state of New York in certain parts. But do you think those who were forced to, oh, bleep, I have to go out and vote on election day, to, do you think people are thinking that strategically? No, they're not. No, no. They're thinking about their day-to-day lives and can voting fit in. And for those who decided to not early vote because, well, is it really going to matter, right? Kathy Hochul is going to win. Is it really going to matter if I go and vote? What percentage of that population pulled that population, right? What percentage of them voted on election day? Is it 60, 70, 80%? Okay, what of that 20% missed voting for Lee Zeldin and would have made a difference in that? that race. I'm not suggesting that you can't have early voting as an option. What I'm suggesting is that we're muddying the waters of how people make a decision. We were told XYZ about all of these races. How does that affect that? Right. So for me, when we take a look at polling, I think it needs to end. You can can have your internal polls and and release all that information all you want if you're a candidate. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But on a broader level, we no, nope. See, I don't even like I don't even like polls from like your your internal campaign and stuff like that because they're always inflated for whatever candidate is releasing them. I mean, McMullen did that all the time, so I don't like that either. Personally, I, the, the of the polls, like those are some of the most least trustworthy polls out there. Oh, a hundred percent. But I'm saying you can't really eliminate them, right? You. You can't tell the candidate don't poll, right? Right. Well, what I, mean, I am saying is that mm-hmm. we as Americans, number one, have to stop paying attention to polls because they're highly whack, whacked out. They're not. No, they're not reliable. We have to we have to start paying attention to our own lives. Stop paying attention to that. Go and vote early if you need to. Don't believe Anything that you hear or see, that's very clear after last night, right? Mm. Now, the other thing that I said to you, Pat, in our little back and forth, our tete-a-tete that we have every day, Uh offline here, this is something that we had, I think you had brought up, the, the concept of clarity. This election isn't about red waves, red tsunamis, red wedding. This election right, is about yeah. clarity. We're right. going to get clarity And I've said it's clarity of worldview. Either America says, yeah, no, thank you to stripping me of my constitutional rights for two years, telling me I have to do something to participate in society, right? Um, I have to do something to myself to participate in, in broader society, no exceptions, no exemptions. And oh, by the way, jab yourself 
or fire yourself, right? Right. Um, all of the things that have gone on over the last couple of years, your pocketbook being hit the way that it has over the last 10, 12, 14 months, arguably, mm-hmm. right? The housing market, um, seeing interest rates, you know, more than quadruple or almost quadruple, right? Mm-hmm. You see the cost of gasoline, you see all of these economic issues, right? All of these things. And we've we've talked about how this was the dumbest closing argument of all time. The dumbest, right? By right. the Democrats. It was the least sane way to make a case to the American people. The GOP may or may not take the Senate. May or may not. They may get one or two over the finish line. In an advantage. What you talking about, Willis? We were told it was be 53 to 55, right? Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Whoops. So, what kind of clarity, Pat, did you get as you look at not just local races, not just statewide races, also Senate races, where we stand in the House, where we were told it would be about a 25 to 30 at a worst, uh-huh. right? At the worst, we're talking 25 to 30 seats gained by the Republicans this time around. I'm looking at it as I take a a key look at what the New York Times is telling us, and their projections in the House chance of control, okay? When I look at this, they're telling us the Republicans might have a 14-seat advantage. In the House. In the House. Yeah. And that's with 83% certainty as of 4 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday, uh, November 9th. So today. Yep. Um. Terms of of clarity that I got. One, I look at so and I'm just I'm just going to use Utah as an example, okay. Obviously, we had more or less a red wedding in in Utah, and again, that shouldn't surprise anyone, right? Yeah. However, however, um, just from a little birdie yesterday, had mentioned that, um the unaffiliated and independent voters within the state were not coming out in droves mm-hmm. for Evan McMullen. They, they were not. Um, and that's what Evan McMullen needed to be competitive within that election. Um, what this means is that you're, and I'm going to, I'm going to blanket this across the, the, the U S I don't know that you're unaffiliated and independent voters in these elections where you had contested seats like Pennsylvania, for example, that that Mehmet Oz needed to get across that finish line where unaffiliated and independent voters excited for either Fetterman or Mehmet Oz. No, I don't think they were just like I don't think they were all about Herschel Walker. Um, you know, to to get Herschel Walker over that finish line. Granted, that one's not been called yet, but it's looking like Raphael Warnock is going to win that election. Not really, Pat. Really? No. That's what I saw this morning. <clears throat> no. 
Because in the state of Georgia, Pat, you have to get over 50%. Oh, do you? To win. Yeah, remember, this is how Warnock got elected in the first place. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that rule. All right. You have to get over 50%. If you don't, Mm. as a candidate, you face off in a runoff. Now, here's the ironic part in the state of Georgia. Right now, if you take a look at the Senate race in the state of Georgia, let me pull this up real quick while we're on air. Well, while you're pulling that up, I mean, it it doesn't right now. Okay. So uh, I'm going to show you something. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to show it to you because I can't physically show it to you. But um, Raphael Warnock is up 49.4 to 48.5 on Herschel Walker. That translates right. to about a th- just over 35,000 vote lead. Okay. I was going to say, I know it's close. Chase Oliver, the libertarian candidate in the state, mm-hmm. is polling at 2.1%. A, a decent showing for the libertarians in this race. Right. Okay. His vote total is 80,895 with 95, just north of 95% of the vote in. In a, now you get to a runoff election, ask yourself of those 80,895 votes, let's say you split them right down the middle. Mm -hmm. Herschel Walker wins by 10,000 votes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. So as we go into this runoff election that's coming up here, right, you're going to eliminate Chase Oliver because you go to the top two candidates, okay? So Chase Oliver's gone, the Green Party, whomever else is in there, Mm. right? They're all gone. And let's say the Libertarian vote is uh, 60-40 on the Republican side, right? Okay, so I'm going to vote Libertarian, but when it comes to the next election that comes up in four weeks from now, uh, Herschel Walker wins. Wins narrowly, but he wins. So we have no idea where the state of Georgia is actually going to go. No, we don't. Okay, but but here's here's it. It doesn't change my my overall analysis of other like key states that that we're going to be battleground states. I don't think your independent, unaffiliated voters were were excited about this election. I don't think that they were excited about a lot of these candidates that were up, you know, and, and challenging either Democrat incumbents or. Um, challenging Democrats in general, I, I just don't think that they were that excited about it. And I think it, it just kind of comes down to yeah, if, they're, it, if they're not excited about it, why vote? It turns out when you run dog shit candidates, right. you get dog shit results. Mehmet Oz exactly. is a terrible candidate. Herschel right. Walker is a pretty terrible candidate. But if you go and you look at the state of Florida, for example, where we're Ron DeSantis. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So hold off that okay. analysis. We're going to get into that in a bit. Okay. 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 Fair enough. You look at New Hampshire, right? Don Waldock. The Mm -hmm. Democrats, what did they do? They spent a shit ton of money in the Republican primary. Dirty pooled it, right? Right. Don Waldock got his ass handed to him by Maggie Hassan or Hassan or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Got his ass handed to him by 10 points. Yeah. With 81% of that vote in. Ron Wyden in Oregon wins 55-42 over Joe Ray Perkins on the Republican side. I'm going to move to the governor's race in the state of Oregon because, uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> um, let's get there. So give me a second. The Democrat Tina uh, Kotak is leading Christine Drazen with just... 
uh, 67% of the vote in by less than 1%. And that translates to under 15,000 votes. As of right now, mm. Ron Wyden for Senate is up by what, six? Like he's just running away with it on the other side. Turns out when you run dog shit candidates, th mm. this is the thing that I don't get about this election. And this is my observation. This is candidate by candidate. People were taking individual looks at candidates unlike ever before. Because normally you you should be able to track relatively close between a set of Republicans and a set of Democrats on a ticket like this, right? When you've got the governor's right. race and the Senate or both the Senate's uh, in the case of Oklahoma, when you've got you know a lot of big ticket candidates together, it should kind of fall in line. Another great example of this is the <clears throat> great state of Wisconsin, and we're going to get into Wisconsin in just a little bit. But Tony Evers is up fifty one forty seven. That's right, I said fifty one forty seven. He's got a four percent lead over Tim Michaels, and that translates to just under a hundred thousand vote lead. With ninety five greater than ninety five percent of the votes in, what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? Um, we know that Tim Michaels is out or underperforming Ron Johnson by four or five percent. In that state right now. What you talking about? You see it in Georgia. You see, you know, Brian Kemp won pretty handily in Georgia. The mm. only place, and let's get into this, because we got clarity, right? And I, yeah, and we I told you this, okay? All of the chickens of the GOP, their lies, their do-nothingism, of the last 20 plus years, all of their chickens came home to roost last night. If voters in their first real chance to rebuke the COVID lockdown forever, right? Gavin Newsom wins handedly. Okay, it's California. Lots of people who might have been voting Republican in that state in the past have gone away from that state, right? Right. Okay. New York, Kathy Hochul, Gretchen Whitmer, Tony Evers in Wisconsin. While not as insane as the Whitmers, the the Hochuls, the Newsoms, right? Gavin Newsom will not end the state of emergency and COVID, all this other stuff until February 24th of 2023, folks. If voters in their first re real chance to rebuke the COVID lockdown forever crew could not be bothered to punish those who took away your rights, took away basic freedoms, told you jab or job, also decided to take your business and shut it down, and damn you if you dared to tell the government then pay me to shut down my business, right? And have demonized you for daring to oppose 
further government payments because they lied to you, right? So they're going to demonize you for taking the things that they that they incentivized for your voluntary shutdown, right, Pat? Right. The American people last night couldn't be bothered to punish in the very first opportunity in a large election, right? Massive governors up, the midterm election for Senate, the House on the ballot. They barely gave the Republicans any mandate in the House. They barely, if at all, have given them the Senate. Tony Evers, Gretchen Whitmer, Gavin Newsom, Kathy Hochul, I could go on and on and on. All of them. Winners. More than most likely. Okay? All of them. Then what can you be bothered about? What can you bother to care about? What can you bother be bothered to punish people for? Okay. Now I don't want to go off on the deep end, right, Pat? I that's not that's not necessarily my style. There are times where I will, don't get me wrong. But this is a sober and sobering time. It's a sobering time because hopefully this wakes people up to the reality that is in front of us as Americans. Because the reality is there's only one place in this country that had a red wedding last night, Pat. And we're going to get into it in just a second. And that that state is Florida. Okay? Right. But beyond that state, the clarifying moment, the clarion call is that Americans don't care to punish those who punished them. Americans don't care to punish those who have created their own economic, familial, marital strife over the past 20-ish months. Don't care. They don't care that we have a vegetable about to win in this state of Pennsylvania for a Senate seat. They don't care enough to make sure that the senile old man has no power. And of course, I'm talking about the one and only Joseph Marionette Biden, right? How do you, how do you punish Joseph Marionette Biden? How do you make sure that he can't do any more damage to you and your family? Uh, in this case, you can't. Well, you you do it by making sure the two houses of the legislature and the mm. Senate, right? The so the two houses of Congress, right? Yeah. Go the other direction, right? That you you form a check and balance. That was how the framers of our republic, not our democracy, wanted it to work, right? So again, I don't want to go off the deep end. But the reality is that voters had a chance to say that they want their republic back last night. They had an opportunity to do so on state, 
local issues. Here in Illinois, Amendment 1, we talked about this, right? The so-called Workers' right, Rights Amendment, which had nothing to do with it. It had everything to do with their the ability of public sector unions, teachers' unions, um, unions at, for state and local um, like offices, like the DMV or the Secretary of State or this or that, right? to basically have carte blanche of what their collective bargaining rights are. So what what they can now do, Pat, in this state, hmm. okay, what they can now do in this state of Illinois, they can mandate and dictate to the government, okay, to our state government, to the governor, political positions become political reality. Otherwise, they can just strike. Guess what? You, you, we're we're going to vote on an uh, uh, amendment to the Constitution or we're going to, we don't want to, we, we want to eliminate the, the chaining of gas tax increases to the CPI. We want to eliminate that. Well, guess what? Now, as of uh, January 1 of uh, 2023, You and I, Pat, if you lived here in Illinois, have no power over that anymore. Doesn't matter so who we elect. Why? Yeah, so because they can collectively bargain, Pat. Okay? They can collectively bargain and put it in. They have no, none, zip, zero, zilch, okay? Zero, zero, squad douche. Um, limitations on what they can collectively bargain. So they can put it in the language of their new collective bargaining agreement that they want um cpi right and that means the state must follow that because it's part of their collective bargaining agreement the average person just just voted for a two thousand well actually over two thousand dollar on average property tax hike in the state of illinois again the reality is from last night that voters all across this country had chance after chance after chance at local, state, yep. and their federal levels to say that they want their republic back. In by and large, they said, no, thank you. There's your clarifying moment. The other part of this clarifying moment is what we're what we've kind of been dancing around. And that clarifying moment is the only real winner last night was Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. That's it. Right? Hey, wait a minute. I take a little umbrage with that because Utah did pretty well last night. Did they, though? Um, yeah. Okay, well, guess what? The state of Florida was always going that direction. <laughs> I mean, I'm being facetious about it, but yes, you're right. Okay. So last night, we thought, some people thought that there was a chance for Val Demings to be very competitive with Marco Rubio in that Senate um, election, correct? Uh, yeah, that, that didn't happen, did it? Uh, no, and we'll get into that in a second. But Ron DeSantis, with greater than 95% of the vote in, He won by 50 or 80,000 votes last time around, right? 
He won by 20 points last night, Pat. 59.4 to 40%. He won by 1.5 million votes in that state. Wow. Miami-Dade County, one of the bastions of liberal support in that state, voted for Ron DeSantis 55-44. Broward County, Ron DeSantis barely, well, I shouldn't say barely, but Ron DeSantis um, outpaced where Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis were in their last elections, okay? In Broward County. In Palm Beach County, notoriously... Purple, shall we say. Ron DeSantis won that county. We go up to Martin County and um, look at that. Boom. Duval County, okay, where Jacksonville is. Notoriously blue-leaning. Not always, but most of the time. Ron DeSantis won 55-44. Oh. Okay, so um, I'm trying to think which one is Tallahassee here. But I'm looking at this. So we got one, two, three, four. Out of all the counties, Pat, mm. in the state of Florida, Charlie Crist only took five. Ouch. Five in the entire freaking Hillsborough County, where Tampa is, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis won 54-45. Manatee County, where I believe Clearwater and St. Pete are, 65% to Ron DeSantis. Charlotte County, Ron DeSantis won Charlotte County 71-29. Lee County, Ron DeSantis won 69-31. Now, this is where you have more of your retired community, so likely a little more on the... Um, Republican side, but we're talking 70-30, right? We're talking craziness. It turns out when you show genuine leadership, true leadership, you get results. So my ultimate thought process here, Pat, and I'm going to let you speak to both this clarifying moment, right? The reality Mm. for me, again, number one is that voters who had a chance to say that they want their republic back by and large said no thank you to the republic no thank you to their rights back no thank you to punishing those who stripped them of their rights when they had the first opportunity to do so but the second part of this is we need to be able to brace for the fact that we're going to see authoritarian government like we've never seen it before we need to pray we need to get right with jesus get right with god okay we have to pray and then we have to fight like hell going forward because the the days of just well the GOP is going to be there and and they're going to be able to to make the case for us and and we'll be able to you know save ourselves no we won't and there's a third part to this pat so again we had a chance to save the republic to show that we cared about it and by and large the voters said no thank you We're about to brace and see authoritarian government on both federal and local levels like we've never seen before in this country. And thirdly, if you live in Wisconsin, Michigan, California, 
if you live in Illinois, if you live in New York, of course, right? Those types of states. What you doing there? And that goes for myself, right? And I've been very open about the fact that we have talked about finding a new place to live, right? We, mm. We've been very open about that possibility and that probability. But as of last night, again, Pat, I, I think I've said this to you off air. Mm. Watching Tony Evers win that governorship after what he did and the fact that that state lags behind almost every other state in the Midwest when it comes to economic indicators. And the fact that he looks like Skeletor. <laughs> it's true. Um, why would I move back? Why, why would I move to that state? Okay. There are three, three reasons to move. Economic, social, and familial. Right? Right. That's really it. Your economic reasons are either taxes or job prospects or whatever have you, right? Okay. Your second part of that is um, your family, right? Right. Maybe you want to move away from or closer to family for whatever reason have you. And then that third one, Pat, that I brought up. So you got your economic reasons, you got your family reasons, and the third one is just escaping my mind because whew, there's so much going through it. Oh, cultural, social yeah. reasons. Mm -hmm. Social reasons, yeah. The state of Florida, Ron DeSantis threw at least two of these up to the culture of today. Right? Through right. the double birds for those of us that are those of you listening and not watching on Rumble. Again, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. But he threw the double birds to the culture of today, right? He got the biggest victory of anybody in any election in this country. The entire effing state of Florida is red. And most of it is deep red. He took a purple state at best from four years ago, eight years ago, right? And it is now the reddest of red states in all of America. It's redder than Utah. Yeah. It's redder than Texas which isn't all that red anymore. But congratulations to Fort Worth, by the way. Um, that county decided to um, not go batshit like it did in the Joe Biden election and, and actually went back to red after voting blue for the first time in ever, by the way. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I got three lessons, right? My three lessons are, again... Nobody cared. Nobody wanted to punish. Nobody cared about that. Nobody wanted to save the Republic when they had the opportunity to do so at a local, state, or federal level in the states that really mattered, right? That's clarifying moment number one. Clarifying moment number two is we're going to have to brace for authoritarianism. And clarifying moment number three, you need to consider where you actually live right now because... That authoritarianism is going to come hard at you. 
Because why? The authoritarians believe they won that mandate, and they're right. By and large, they're right, Pat. They won. They won that mandate. I would agree with those points. Um, I would also go back to, you know, another clarifying moment is just don't trust the polls. Um, you know, they, they, if anything, I mean, they, they, they were wholly inaccurate um, in a lot of these key areas. Um, but I also think if, if you're looking at the cultural war that we're in, I think the other clarifying moment is either people don't care about the cultural war anymore. They're, they're just so done that they, they, they've washed their hands of it all and whatever happens happens or they want to go the opposite way of liberty and a republic they they want that wokeism they want those things um and, and here's the thing apathy and fence sitting if you will and especially in any election anymore will get you nowhere. It, this, this is where you end up when you become that fence there or, or become that apathetic mm-hmm. kind of voter is we end up right here. We end up right where we're at right now where you're talking about authoritarianism and preparing for those things. This is what happens. This is what comfort and complacency bring you when you let them take over your life. That's not how this should ever work. We should be demanding better from our elected officials. We should be demanding better from our electorate, but we don't. And we didn't last night. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. I really do. I I just, I take a look at the, the state of Florida here, Pat. Okay. Marco Rubio. We talked about the the weird imbalance between the the top of the level. That didn't happen. Marco Rubio got fifty seven percent of the vote, almost fifty eight percent of the vote to fifty nine for DeSantis. He ran almost neck and neck with him. So, I, I do want to push back on one thing that you did say, and I think mm-hmm. it's from this perspective. You you talked about the people don't care about the culture war, right, and apathy. And I want to, and and I want to push back it from this perspective. It's I don't believe that as people don't care about it. I think it's that people don't trust the GOP cares about it. Oh well, I mean that, that's a fair point. Of and and what I mean by that is, again, we, I'm using DeSantis as the 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 red wedding example, right? Right. Okay? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the only one on either side of the aisle, by the way. That got that moment. There's nobody in the Democratic side that you can point to and go, holy bleep. Right? Right. Nobody. That having been said, how did Ron DeSantis turn Miami-Dade County, again, Miami-Dade County, completely effing red? To the point, by the way, Pat, in which... Inside that county, all of the districts of that county, Mm. all of them, all of the congressional districts went red. Now, one of them didn't. Okay. So 
I'm going to push back on this because Ron DeSantis did what to get elected? He was strong on the COVID stuff. He right. yes, he was not as quick as Christy Nome and Brian Kemp to to turn down the the government, right? But he but, was stronger. Than but her. he became stronger than them after that because he he was beginning to put in place the the people that would allow that to happen. Now that having been said, I'm not I'm not talking just about COVID here, Pat. Mm. On all of the culture war stuff of today, on all of it, he is unabashedly standing up. He right. is unafraid. He literally told Disney to pound sand. He has stood against all of the transing of the kids in schools, right? Right. That bill is about to be passed, and and people might say, well, it didn't happen fast enough. Well, you don't know the machinations of of politics and how the government actually works in Florida. It's not like the legislature is there all the time. Okay, number three, all uh, take a look at how he has used government. He has become he has one of the things I love about him is that he has taken away as many regulations as humanly possible early on. He has taken the cuffs off of the economy as much as possible in that state, right? Some of the crazy-ass rules that have existed in Florida, he has taken care of. Now, there's one of them that he really needs to, and that's the licensure from uh, cross-state licensure of construction workers, right? We, right. We, we highlighted that one case where the guy is literally in jail right now, <clears throat> potentially facing three to five years in prison. Which is dumb for deciding to help people driving from another state to decide to help people re-roof and redo their homes after Hurricane Ian, one of the most devastating hurricanes of American history. What? Now, we talked all about those things, Pat. So what I want to push back on is this notion that the the American people or whatever don't care about the 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 motivation wasn't there when it came to, when it comes to the cultural issues. I don't believe that for a second. What I believe is that it is the apathy towards those cultural issues of people like Mehmet Oz, of people like maybe a Blake Masters to a lesser degree, but the inability for those people to show how, why, and where and when they would take on those cultural issues is what people didn't like. They didn't trust that they would actually do it. Why? Because they've had that football kicked out from underneath them so many times, right? The, right. the Charlie, you know, Lucy in the football moment, right? We, right. How many times has the GOP, you know, peed on our legs and told us it was raining and we're now figuring out that, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And that especially comes on the cultural issues, right? Look how many times that they've told us that they're going to fight for, for pro-life and they hadn't, right? Until, <laughs> until just now. So my point being that we have a lesson here in Florida, and that lesson is when you stand up for liberty, okay, I'm not talking about freedom, I'm talking about liberty. When you stand up for liberty, when you stand up for and against insanity, right? when you stand up against insanity and for not cultural norms, because norms change, but for cultural reality. 
when you stand up for scientific reality, when you stand up for objective reality against subjective reality, right? When you stand up to the insane culture of today, you win and you win big. You kick their ass. I wish I had factored Florida into that analysis before because th- those were those were really great points that that it, it's not to be mean or anything. Well, no, 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 I no, 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 no. Understand I'm that it's just that yeah. that yeah. you're right in one. You you just kind of twisted how you were right, right? You're right. right that that the people show that there's apathy, but it's that they were apathetic about voting for those who are apathetic in the right. No. That is that is a much more accurate statement than I think that that than I that I had initially analyzed from all of this. I I, I think you're right, but here's I want I want to mention this with Florida. DeSantis, given how big he won last night, I think we should give him a new nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, Trump is already doing that, right? To sink the right. it's the right. dumbest yeah, yeah, thing yeah. humanly possible. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, just, I don't know. What I just the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's here's the thing. I think I think he now has to run in 2024 for president. He has to. And honestly, if if I'm looking at Florida, and and if and if your analysis of Florida and the election is correct, and which I think it is, okay, mm-hmm. if that is correct, then. DeSantis is the clear winner in 2024. Yeah, and to the point, I think if we wanted to go further down the road, right? Like, why do I keep harping on Miami-Dade County, Pat? Because it is 70% Hispanic, okay? Right. 70% Hispanic, historically, blue, 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 blue. He wanted going away. Again, I'm going to take a look at this. Miami-Dade County, all right? Ron DeSantis won by over 80,000 votes in that county alone, 55-44. Charlie Chris, by the way, a terrible candidate. I get that. I understand that. Um, Awful candidate. But again, he won a 70% Hispanic county in Texas. We were expecting this red border, right? Mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke won, I think, 80% of the border counties. In, in Texas last night and still got his ass handed to him, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on, right? Right. The border is supposed to be an issue. This is supposed to be, they don't trust the GOP because the GOP has given them no reason to trust them over the last 20 years that they're going to get this right. Even with the border crisis as big as it is, as bad as it is, as awful as and devastating as it is to those communities, they continue to vote that way. It's not... Don't you're not voting in your interest. It's do you even trust the other side? Have they made a case? And I, I would make the argument that I couldn't tell you what the cogent, coherent, um, unified message of the team GOP was in this election. Couldn't tell you. But if if you can turn holy blue areas in Florida red and and make other purple areas red in Florida. What is he going to do to otherwise blue states or purple states across the country? I mean, can can he win that kind of popularity there? And so that's that's, a, that's another good question for another day. Maybe we, let's deep dive into that on Thursday, Pat. 
Um, okay. Can you, can you uh, mark that down for us here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have a, I have some thoughts and feelings on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I have some questions that I think we should explore on that deep dive Thursday. Okay. Now I have some other questions for you, Pat. Okay. Um, is Charlie Crist the biggest loser in American political history? Because I can't uh, think of a bigger loser than him. Let's think about this, Pat. He has lost a statewide race as a Republican, mm-hmm. as an independent, mm-hmm. and now as a Democrat. It doesn't matter what stripe you put on him, he's a loser. The the only the only other person that I can think of that is probably at least comparable to him is uh, Francis Beta O'Rourke because he's lost how many elections now? You mean Robert Francis O'Rourke? Uh, I thought it was just Francis. No, it's Robert Francis O'Rourke. Okay, well, we're just going to go. I'm still calling him Francis, okay? Leave me alone. The, the, the fake Beto. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he um, he's lost. So – Let's talk ton. about this real quick. Mm-hmm. So I my my joke there with Chris, obviously right. three times a loser. Right. Oh, I, I agree. Florida has said no to him as both a Democrat, a Republican, and an independent, right? All three of those categories. No, thank you. Now, he's won a couple of races as a Republican and I believe as an independent, but they said no thank you eventually to him in massive droves. Um but there are two names. Beto, you know, Robert Francis O'Rourke, right? Bobby, Bobby O'Rourke. Uh-huh. And um, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she would be another one I would throw in there, the, too. The only other truth or fiction I have for you is that both both Robert Francis O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams' political careers are over. Oh, that's that's 100% true. It has to be. How do you, how do you recover from this? I mean... Beto works uh, run for Senate, President, and Governor. He's lost all three. And don't forget, he uh, lost a congressional election too. Yeah. See. Oh, yeah. He, you're right. He lost that congressional election. Uh, Stacey Abrams has run for governor how many times now? Twice. Twice. Um, okay. And do you know how much money they spent on her this election cycle? By the way, Pat. I, I was going to say it's a lot, isn't it? Over one hundred million dollars was spent on her. Oh yeah. That's okay. To so get her ass all- handed to her. By over double digits. Okay. Did that happen twice? No, the first one was close. First one was close. Okay. Yeah. Brian Kemp kicked her ass last night. How do you, how, what, what possible case to the Georgian people, right? The people of Georgia, to Georgians, what possible case do you have to make to elect you on anything at any point in time, anywhere in that state? She mm-hmm. might win if if she ran at in Fulton County or DeKalb County or Cobb County or something like that, right? In that right. in that immediate uh, Atlanta area, she may win if she were to run because it's just so heavily Democratic, right? But I would suggest that the people inside the uh, Georgia Democratic Party want her nowhere near an election because he she is a wholly unlikable, terrible, yeah. horrible, no good, very bad person. She is awful. Right. And Beto O'Rourke on the same side of that coin is cringe. He is 100% cringe. That stupid TikTok that he did late in that uh, that campaign. What the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he, he, I, I would say this. I, I think I think if you're looking at Abrams and O'Rourke, you know, they are wholly unlikable candidates. The same thing with Charlie Crisp, but I think he wasn't necessarily just an unlikable candidate. I think he was just a far weaker candidate. He's also um, insane. Right. Literally insane. Some of the things that he had to say. So my point in all of this is that two of the biggest superstars, right? The supposed superstars of the last decade in mm. in the republic or in the uh in the um Democratic Party, right? Of the left. Because they are of the left. They're not even just Democrats. They're of the left. Two of the leftist stars of the last decade got their ass handed to them and have repeatedly got their ass handed to them. Where do you go from here? What Again, what possible case can you make to be elected dog catcher, let alone any office of actual consequence? You can't. No, I will say this. Um, I, and I agree with a, a Fox News analysis for the first time in a long time last night, Pat. Mm. At least Stacey Abrams should be able to step right in to the wardrobe of Whoopi Goldberg on The View. <laughs> that, okay, that is probably one of the most brilliant things I think I've ever heard from Fox News in a while. That that was that that's some good satire right there. Uh -huh. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show because I can't think of a better way to end it. <laughs> uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And for today's uh, um, birthday gift for Andrew for his birthday month. Now you got to step uh, the game up because this is the eve of my actual birthday, Pat. So well, I I, I think you're gonna like this one. Okay, I think I think. Okay. Two tickets to the view. You are a dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> Go to hell. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. <laughs>